He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. I hope your week is off to a great start. And I hope that when your daughter was getting out the door this morning for school, she didn't scream (laughs) and say she did not like the way her hair looked. I hope your daughter did not do that. Your daughter who you do not know to be a vain person. You do not know to be self-conscious about her appearance, yet to be inundated by impossible beauty standards yet your daughter who seemingly goes through life with a serious mentality but also one of enjoying what comes her way serious mentality a thoughtful appraisal of situations and then she dives in she goes along she does she goes along what the fuck am i talking about She is a skilled debater. She's a strong-willed child of two hard, hard-headed people. What do we expect? I don't know your daughter. I don't know my daughter to be all that taken by her appearance. But now she's in a broader social context. People are going to be aware of themselves and others. People are going to be hearing their peers mimicking, aping, modeling the behaviors of their parents. Surely, somewhere along the line, a child has heard someone in their home say, I don't like the way my hair looks. Candidly, I've never really landed on my hairstyle, even though I think it looks really good. Oh, excuse me, my goodness. What is this all about? What was I going to say? Oh, I think it looks really good. I think my hair looks really good. (laughs) I was going to say that to her this morning. That's what I should say next time when she's losing the fuck. Pardon me, dear listeners. That's what I should have said to her this morning. Like, girl, I feel like I've always wrestled with what my hair should look like. And I have an idealized version of it. Meaning... I'm never achieving that perfection of what it should look like in quotation marks. I'm chasing an impossible thing that really is probably in a psychologically an accumulation of lots of different data points of haircuts in my life compressed into one prototype, one idealized version that I've never been able to reach because it doesn't exist. I think that's how prototypes work. You assemble Uh, idealized version of something from examples across your life and then you develop what is a prototype and I'm talking about psychological categorization of things here (laughs) welcome to getting my asshole podcast anyway I should have just said to a girl I feel like I have forever been trying to land on what my hair should look like and I only feel like in the last couple of years with the great hairstyling of uh, perennial salon in Atlanta, Georgia, and now hairdressers on fire in San Diego. That's right. I'll shout them out. Hairdressers on fire. D-R-E-Z-Z-E-R-S. 
Do I feel like I'm reasonably happy with this nice fade they've given me and some texturing? <laughs> she didn't want to hear any of this because she was screaming. And I don't like the way my hair looks. I should have taken her all, I should have taken her into my journey. But instead, what I say in those moments is, girl, I don't like the way your hair looks either. Of course, I don't say that in the moment, but later on, she's so once or twice she's she said she didn't like the way her hair looks. She's four. She energetically said it this morning, like a work stoppage. She was refusing to do anything. She was refusing to continue to move to the door to get out to go to school. By the way, where today is class picture day, which is different than picture day. Know what I mean? Today is different. She understands the imperative to get to school by the appointed time, but she also understands that getting to school depends in part on her participation, collaboration, working within the unit, the system, and sometimes she fucking throws a wrench into the plans, into the gears, and slows us down, which drives my wife crazy, which understandably does not help when I stop by and go, hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> they both look at me like, get the fuck out of here. This is between us right now. We're in a good Rams battle with our heads down, clashing atop a rocky, craggy step in in, in a far eastern uh, mountain scape. Okay? Far east? Near east? Far east? Somewhere in the east. They are locked like Rams. And I stop by and go, hey, what's going on? Everything... I don't do that, of course. I'm smarter than that. So she understands she has a little bit of control in the process, but my wife does not play, and uh, it increasingly heats up, and I increasingly look forward to the moment they're both out the door, and then I can settle into talking to you this Tuesday morning. My daughter's aware, but she's not, not aware also because she... She's simultaneously aware of the power she has to slow us down getting to school, but she also is a four-year-old who is adorable and cute and curious, thoughtful, and has big ideas all the time. That's what we call it when she will see me journaling. <laughs> She'll say, Dad, why don't you get your journal and write out here while I go to sleep? I'm like, that's fine, I'll do that. <clears throat> but we both do writing in the morning that we refer to as big ideas. Now, we're certainly not going to do that most of the days before school starts, but she'll see me getting my papers together. Um, as I encourage you to do, if you write in the morning, if you just free write, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you how to live your life. This is not a prescriptive podcast. It's a podcast of inclusion, okay? People have been asking me about podcasts, other podcasts. Do I listen to them? The answer is fucking no. I don't listen to Aaron Rodgers, okay? What is he going to add? I don't, I, you know what I'm not interested in? I'm not interested in bros who think that they are, uh, well, bros, first of all. <laughs> Sorry, bros. I'm also not interested in bros that think they are enlightened because they take mushrooms. I think that's a false badge of enlightenment. However, good for you taking shrooms. Anyway. People ask me about a, po a couple podcasts. Do I listen to them? Do I know anything about them? And I say, no, I don't. Do you? And they say, no, I don't. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Do you know anything about rare 
violins from the former Soviet Union? I do not. Well, neither do I. Let's let's chop it up and com combine our ignorance and see how far we get <laughs> talking about it. My daughter knows she has the power to slow us down on the path to school. And last week, on the first day of school, believe it or not, when she is so hyped, so ready to go, we even do pictures out in front of the house, there's me kneeling down, there's my daughter with a big smile. The school has even given her a little placard that says, my first day of pre-kindergarten or junior kindergarten or whatever it's called. She's holding that, she's beaming. And then as we're moving from that photo op to get into the car, she tells my wife, as I said, she's curious and engaged and, and creative and zany and not always thinking about I need to do my part to move the unit toward the destination. Said as I'm trying to get her into the car, she stopped and said to my wife, uh, Baba, make sure if you're ever in a boat, make sure if you're ever in a boat or Baba, if you're ever in a boat, and you see a crocodile, don't forget to scream. That was what she was thinking as I was putting her in her car seat. She's never seen a crocodile. She's never been in a boat. She screamed, like she screamed this morning. But in that moment, she wanted my wife to keep in mind, should the occasion ever pop up when she is on a boat, and happens to see a crocodile, make sure she doesn't scream. So I feel like that's illustrative of how the child is not, sometimes can slow it down, but not intentionally. Other times she can slow it down intentionally and just cross her arms and say, I am not going to work until you pay me more money. Yesterday morning, I left the bed. I left the boudoir in the morning and went to brush my teeth or yeah, I went to brush my teeth, went downstairs for a second and came back in and she was back in bed. With, she would left her bed and was in bed with my wife. And she said, she said, and I came back in, she goes, Oh, Dada, there you are. And she thought, and she told my wife, she didn't know where I was. And she said her first thought was that my mom had, uh, this is where my daughter thought I was yesterday at 7 in the morning. My daughter thought that my mom had backed her car up into me and run me over. And as a result, an ambulance had to take me to a hospital. Or, she told my wife, or I was just sleeping in another bed. Those were the two options when she was thinking about where I could have possibly been. And what she's probably doing is piecing together stories about my mom saying, oh, I backed up into the house and I hit something and whatever else. And my daughter also is obsessed with ambulances. And when we're driving down the street, she'll go, ambulance. But she also says, old school ambulance. And we're like, what do you, what's an old school ambulance? And I think she means the new school ones have more sirens on the top of them. I'm not exactly sure, but I asked her and I didn't get a definitive answer. What is an old school ambulance? That was her thought. He is either in the hospital because his mom has run him over with her car or he's sleeping in another bed. 
circling back to the hair thing. I did tell her one time after she flipped out about her hair, and later in the day, she's like, yeah, Dad, I was really upset because I didn't like the way my hair looked. And I was like, girl, I don't like the way your hair looks either. And she got it, and she had a big laugh and realized it was kind of silly. that Not silly, that I'm not... I'm not, in my house, I'm not trying to invalidate, men, listen to me very carefully. I'm not trying to invalidate anyone's experience. If you feel it, it's real. That's true. If you feel it, it's real. And you're not going to get anywhere with a toddler, with a grown woman, with a man, with anyone, and anybody else I didn't mention, by invalidating their experience, by saying, don't worry about it, you'll get them next time, uh... Oh, you'll be fine. It'll work out. Don't say any of that stuff. Because what that does is it denudes. It thwarts. It cauterizes the other person's emotional experience when they're saying, this really sucks. I don't know what's going to happen. And if you say, it'll be fine. They're like, man, I'm not, I don't need you to, to I, I, I can figure that part of it out. I'm sitting in this emotion right now and it sucks. And I need your empathy and I need your support. I need you to link arms with me through this difficult emotional challenge. So I'm not in my house like, oh, don't worry about it, dude. No big deal. You'll be fine. Oh, hey, so-and-so didn't work out. It'll be okay. Get him next time. Rub some dirt on him. That's not the approach to take if you want people to know that you empathize with them. And trust me. For somebody who is not empathized with a lot, it's pretty nice when people empathize with you. <laughs> I'm sure that somebody out there empathizes with me, but I don't want your empathy. I mean, I do, of course. I just want, well, you know what I want is I want your reviews. That's what I would like. I would like your five-star reviews on iTunes, like 15 underscore versus underscore 15 provides me. That's what I would like. But I'm glad that my daughter got later on when she was not in the red zone, me saying, I don't like the way your hair looks either. It's a moment we can laugh at sometimes we overreact. Again, that's a bit of a judgment. Was her reaction warranted? That's up to her to decide. If I say it, was war- if I say it wasn't, then I am thwarting that emotional experience. The other day, my daughter and I, my daughter was going to bed and putting her to bed was my wife, myself, and my juggling instructor, the three of us. This is a big sleeping bed child podcast, I guess. The three of us were putting her to bed. And I said to my daughter in that moment, I said, do you know if you combine all of his, referring to my juggling instructor, all of his years, all of my years, and all of mom's years on this earth. Do you know how many times in all of those years, three people have tucked any one of us into bed at the same time? <laughs> Both my wife and juggling instructor nearly at the same time said, zero. <laughs> we have never, poor us, we have never had three people tuck us in at the same time. And you get this almost weekly if the if the tides are if the tides are right if we're at your juggling instructors or your juggling instructors down with us everybody's tucking you into bed girl <laughs> but my juggling instructor and wife are like zero like no we were latchkey people we we didn't have that 
experience. So we're smothering you to death with affection, which causes you to flip out in the morning when you don't like the way your hair looks because you're trying to meet this impossible standard and lifestyle that we hope you have and all this other crazy shit that just spins on through the sands of time and family. And what will she resent about us? I hope it's not too much. I had a dream last night that I was in a band. And here was the band. The band was, on drums, former Led Zeppelin drummer, John Bonham. John Bonham on drums. <laughs> on bass, the other half of the rhythm section of our band was former Led Zeppelin lead singer, Robert Plant. On lead, and I'm using quotation marks here, vocals, not saying singing, vocalizing, and playing rhythm guitar. That is a guitar where I'm just playing chords. It's electric guitar. It was a Telecaster, you know, an old man's dream. A 64 Telecaster, 73 Telecaster. Bruce Springsteen on the cover of Born to Run Telecaster. Tom Petty, Keith Richards. You know what I'm talking about when I talk about that blonde Telecaster. Me. So it's Bonham on drums. Robert Plant on bass. Just doing his thing. Robert Plant, one of the most iconic rock and roll singers of all time. Just Robert, you're going to be over here. <laughs> just playing bass. And on lead guitar, the fourth member of our band, Kid Rock. <laughs> and I told everyone it's going to be fine. Because I know Kid Rock. I don't know Kid Rock. But I don't know him. I, <clears throat> I know, I'm sure, I'm confident, Kid Rock causes a lot of people who don't know him a lot of hurt. And while I understand and see viscerally the pain and, and division sown by Donald Trump and uh, people who really want to injure uh, and, and really want to um, marginalize um, vulnerable populations, like I, I think Trump is a bad person. I think he does bad things. I think that there are lots of religious zealots who, um, you know, like liberals demonize conservatives. I know there are religious zealots who demonize uh, liberals and gay people and people of color and any number of other vulnerable populations. I know that. And I know that Donald Trump represents that. And I know that uh, there's racism in songs like Try That in My Town or whatever that fucking, you know, come try that down here. Well, why don't you go to the city and try that racist shit and see how quickly you don't get punched in the face, you know? Go stand in uh, Mechanicsville with your acoustic guitar and just play some racist shit out loud and see how long that lasts. You know what, though? Nobody's going to beat your ass, probably, because they have bigger fish to fry. They're worried about other things in Mechanicsville. In Vine City. You know what I mean? They're, 
They're, they're, they don't give a shit. You sit there on the street and, and play that racist nonsense, and they're not going to give a fuck. They don't, they're not, you know what they're not going to do? They're not going to validate your dumb bullshit like all your people will on country radio. Is it simplistic? Yeah. Have I heard the song? Do I really follow what's going on with that? No, I don't. I'm just saying. What the hell am I saying? And I feel like uh, Frank Drebin in, in Naked Gun, where they, he keeps narrating his day. And what was happening with Malone and blah, blah, blah. And, and he's out on a walk, and then he's like, and where the hell am I? Or and where the hell was I? <laughs> That's what I feel like. What am I, what am I talking about? Candidly, I'm talking about the injury that so many people on the right are intent on inflicting on marginalized populations. That's what I'm talking about. So I, I, I know that is a real thing. I don't like it. I think it is born of uh, religiosity, uh, insecurity, fear, and uh, yeah, I think that's what it's born of. I don't think it's evil. I think the emanation of it is evil. I don't believe that people are evil or have in them evil. I think people... What am I talking about? This is not Nietzsche here. It comes down to Kid Rock. I don't... Maybe I'm not familiar with the Kid Rock, you know, all of it. I just can't... I can't get there with Kid Rock. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe he's playing to the base. Maybe he says racist shit all the time. I don't know. I mean, I think he's playing to the base. I don't. You're shooting beer cans. Like, is this the guy that like we're worried about? It's fucking Kid Rock. And I just can't get there with Kid Rock. Maybe I'm part of the problem. <laughs> but he's in my band. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I got it, we're a band of brothers. I have to stick by him. And sure enough, we play one show, my fake band. The other thing about Kid Rock is, if you listen to the lyrics, he wanted to start an escort service for all the right reasons. That was what he said in that song. (laughs) Which I just interpret as like, he wants to create jobs. He wants to stimulate the economy, which is consistent probably with his more conservative values. But he wanted to, in that song, create an escort service for all the right reasons. That's free mar- That's a free market man right there. He's trying to, he's trying to create supply, which then will inform demand. The econ- <laughs> the complicated economic economics. Economics of Kid Rock. What are the wrong reasons, by the way, for starting? Well, it's illegal to start an escort service. You know what else is illegal that nobody in the world seems to care about? Everything. And everybody does it. Does that make sense? Everything is illegal, and everybody, not everybody, I'm not saying everyone lies, cheats, steals, but Everyone fudges, not everyone. That's the wrong way to say it, because if I say it, that means I do it. Do I fudge? Do I lie, cheat, and steal? You lie, cheat, and steal. Name that tune. I think it's a Tool song. 
Every corporation lies, cheats, and steals, okay? I can't... What are the wrong reasons, by the way, to start an escort service? It's illegal. Okay. You, you goody two-shoes. You square. <laughs> Kid Rock wants to start an escort service for all the right reasons. He's in my band. We play a show. We kill. There are two bonafide rock stars. Not the proverbial, and I know it's changed now with an SNL skit or something like that. Not rock star like Dave in marketing is a rock star, right? We, we, the commercials, I guess, now I've identified. Calling someone who works at a corporation a rock star is, is bewildering because working for a corporation is the opposite of being a rock star. Say what you want about Kid Rock. He's a rock star. Robert Plant is a rock star. Who in my dream seems to be the best selection for frontman and lead vocalist? It's me. <laughs> so we play a gig <clears throat> and we kill. And I couldn't tell you. My wife asked me this morning. As I, <laughs> She probably was enjoying me telling her this dream as she's trying to put sun. We call it hair and makeup. My daughter has very fair skin, as do I. So we call it in the morning. The last step is hair and makeup. So... She puts, she slathers sunscreen all over my daughter and then does her hair in a very unsatisfactory way that invites a bunch of screaming and kicking this morning. So I'm sure my wife getting into hair and makeup is loving me talking about, you know, how the gig went <laughs> with Bonham Plant and Kid Rock. But she did have the attentional capacity to say, what songs did you play? Probably like, did you play your mopey, like, navel-gazing songs? Or did you play some goddamn Black Dog by Led Zeppelin? <laughs> and I told her, I, I don't think we played any Led Zeppelin songs. And I'm talking about a dream. If you just, if you were washing some dishes and you came back to hear the podcast, and you're like, wait, what? Did he play a show? No, this is in my dream. In my dream, I had this band. And I have this delicious cup of coffee. And we didn't play any Led Zeppelin songs. We didn't play any Joe Smith and the Going Concern songs. I couldn't tell you what we played. But we killed and we were a very good rock and roll band. And Kid Rock shredded on the... He, he, was, he was a perfect lead guitar player. Robert Plant minded his own goddamn business and played the bass. And I guess I was the front man. I don't remember my experience as a front man. I just know we had a good show. And afterward, I think I was kind of like Robert Plant and I were the foundation of the group. <laughs> I was looking at him like, this is, a, this is a thing. We should make this official, right? And, and he's like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Right, let's do this then. That's Australian Robert Plant, I guess. He said, yeah, let's do it. So I went to John Bonham. I'm like, hey, so do you want to? Well, I guess we were just like, we jammed to see if it would work. And I said to John Bonham, would you like to be in this band? <laughs> and he goes, you mean my band? I was like, yes, that's exactly what I mean. And he like nodded at me. And John Bonham's face, if you will, morphed in the dream to resemble Lou Adler. Of course, you know the record executive Lou Adler who sat next to Jack Nicholson at the Laker games all those years, whose son's name is Cisco Adler. Is that right? I'm way all over the map here. But... John Bonham said, yeah, you mean my band? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he 
that one. And then I went to Kid Rock. I'm like, dude, are we going to do this? He's like, yeah, absolutely. But he was he was my Kid Rock. He was smiley, ball with the ball, the bang, the dang. Joe C was still alive. Joe C has been dead for about 20 years, I think. Rest in power. It wasn't Kid Rock, anti-trans, none of that. He was in my dream. He was my bandmate. And now, you know, my non-binary people listening, my trans people listening, you're probably thinking that Kid Rock is a manifestation of my unconscious uh, acceptance of being mean to trans people. I know that's exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> but it's not. If you carefully scrutinize the dream, the embrace of Kid Rock, and combine it with all that you know about me across nearly 400 podcast episodes that you, for the life of me, cannot figure out why you listen but don't leave a review. <laughs> You'll know that I'm not endorsing Kid Rock's anti, even unconsciously, anti-trans, anti-Bud Light, redneck, salute, middle finger, what I'm really doing is I'm trying to see the world, even people who cause others so much injury and hurt, as just people who want to drink beer and play guitar. That's my simplistic way of at least give me that in my dream. Again, if you listen to the 370 odd episodes of the podcast, you'll know I don't you'll know I don't see the world that way. But in my dream, I want even, I, I want everyone, not even Kid Rock. Kid Rock plays the guitar and drinks beer. Let's be clear about that. But I want to focus in my dream at least on that. <laughs> it's not a manifestation. It's not a manifestation. Well, now that I say it two or three times, it probably sounds like it is my manifestation. I'm just saying. It's the Kid Rock I know from ball with the ball, bang the dang, diggy, diggy, up, 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 up jump. You know what I mean? That, that dude. And when I said to him, let's do this, we can do this band, we have Bonham and Plant, he said, yeah, let's go for it. And you know why I respected him in the dream? Or really, not respected him, why I liked him in the dream? Because he never said, why don't we have fucking Robert Plant sing instead of you? <laughs> and then we'll get someone who knows how to play bass and you won't be in the band. You know what I mean? He embraced me. That was my, that was my big rock and roll dream that like I said, my wife, I'm sure, was chuffed to the moon that I was telling her about it when she had my daughter in hair and makeup. I also had a dream that my juggling instructor and I were at the beach, which we, the water's warm again, so get out there while you can, because it's not going to be like that forever. The water's dipped up into the 70s. He likes to go surf. I like to body surf, as you know. And we'll come back. We never do it at the same time. We do it sometimes at the same time, but never in the same location. Uh, but I had a dream last night. But we will. It's, it's something now we have in common a little bit. The beach, the waves, the crowds, the salinity, the stingrays that are all over the ocean floor I didn't know about and never knew when I was a kid. But he tells me that are there all the time. So much so that surfers take kettles of hot water to the beach with them in case they happen to step on a stingray, get stung by it very quickly, the only antidote, the only thing that is going to make your foot or your leg feel better is soaking it in what I'm told is 
just about boiling water, water that is as hot as you can stand, just short of scalding your skin. I didn't know anything about that, and I wish he didn't fucking tell me. But we do circle back and talk about the beach and X, Y, and Z, and it's, it's one other thing that we, um, you know, we have in common. So in the dream, what was the dream? The dream is some kid stole his wetsuit, my juggling instructor's wetsuit. And we were not happy about that. And I think in the dream, I had an idea what it looked like, but I wasn't certain. And then we were kind of like huddled up, like it's on, my juggling instructor stepdad was like, it's on this beach somewhere. Like he knew that some kid was dumb enough to not only steal the wetsuit, but put the wetsuit on while we're there. And so he, as he's telling me that, I see a kid, and when I say kid, I'm thinking 14, 17, 19, probably closer to 17. And I point, and I'm like, is that the fucking, and like as I'm doing that, my stepdad, juggling instructor, is off to the races to get the kid who then leaves in a cloud of sand flying up in the wetsuit going up in the air, and then I woke up. Because my wife's alarm was incredibly loud. And you know what? If my wife's alarm went off, you know what that means? We should have had a good night's sleep because the daughter didn't come in and wake us up in the 6 o'clock hour. That's what that should mean. But it didn't for my wife. I had a great night's sleep, as you can tell by my robust dreams. But my wife, I think, was up much of the night tweaking out, probably because she reads relentlessly into the middle of the night, or listens to a podcast and then her brain is going a million miles an hour while her husband is sleeping angelically next to her, wakes up in a good mood, wants to talk about dreams while people are stressed about they don't like the way their hair looks. (laughs) It sucks being the mom. It's the best, but it also sucks. Sleep changes everything. That's, That's the whole story. That's the whole story. Of my as as my sleep goes, so do I go. I'm going trying to go to bed earlier and earlier and earlier, which is not conducive to a stand-up comedy lifestyle. However, I am in just a matter of time going to call once again the comedy store in La Jolla, and if I get up, I'm going to I'm not going to do I'm going to do stuff I'm going to do newer stuff. That's what I'm going to do. You know why? Because I have the I have the swag that you need to have to do new stuff. Even if you bomb, you can be funny while you're bombing. But I need to uh, get this next chunk up and ready to go, and I'm excited about doing that. So fingers crossed, I get up uh, tonight. It'll be the first time I've gotten up with a good night's sleep since I don't know when. And why do we get a good night's sleep? I guess because my daughter. You know why? Because I had the damn self-discipline to go to sleep. It's not my daughter. It's me. I am the prime mover. Everything in my life is a result of my own action, including how well I sleep. And I'm not trying to sleep forever, but I am trying to get to bed earlier so that when she does come in in the 6 o'clock hour or this morning, as it, as it were, went all the way until 7, I'm in fine fettle. Is that what it is? I'm in fine form. And able to answer her questions that she asks tirelessly. That I'm thrilled about. I relish her curiosity. 
Data, does how about this for you? Data, does the does that guy driving that bus own that bus? She wants to know if the San Diego Transit bus driver owns the bus. And the fact that she's asking that question makes me think she knows it's an unusual setup for a man to be driving such a huge machine with other people on it. Maybe there is some entity that owns it. And sure enough, she's right. I said, no, he doesn't own it, as a matter of fact, to my knowledge. <laughs> you know, like you can take, like city workers can, you know, the watershed management or whoever can take, you know, city cars home with them and park them, you know, on the street in front of their house or in their driveway or whatever. I don't know about small town cops maybe drive their cop cars. How cool would that be if city bus drivers could just take the buses home with them? And you know what? The next morning, you get an early start on the route. <laughs> but she asked me, that'd be pretty sweet. How come there's no parking in front of our house? Well, you know, uh, Mario, who lives next door, he uh, uh, he drives that bus. And apparently, uh, you know, he took it home tonight. So he took up five parking spaces. So we're just going to have to do, do our very best. <laughs> does that guy own that bus? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. And one other... So that's why that's why the good sleep helps me. I I mean, why the good sleep helps me? What are we talking about here? We're talking about circling the drain is what we're talking about. Good sleep. As I sleep, so I go. And as I go, I'm sure so my family goes. And I am prepared for my daughter who asks when she sees a representation of a police officer holding a baton... She said, Dada, what is that for? And it's a billy club. <laughs> it's a baton. It's, she said, what is it for? She might have called it a stick. What is that stick for? And I said, I've tried to, I've, I've mentioned before how I, uh, my wife thinks I've stigmatized the police for my daughter. Which, why not stigmatize the fucking police? They do it themselves all the time. I've tried to back away from that gently a little bit just to kind of not erode my daughter's faith in every institution within the first five years of her life. It'll come. Then she'll learn about the church, the corporation, the whoever else. Church, the corporation, the government, <laughs> the parents. <laughs> I said, well, so I backed away from the cops are always bad. I said they usually are bad. That's, that's where we are now. They're usually self-serving assholes who uh, are here to inform. But she said, what is it for? What do the cops use that for? And I told her the truth. I'm like, they use it to hit people. And she goes, bad guys? I said, sometimes they hit bad guys. Other times, they hit people who are, I don't go this far into it, who are just trying to assert their First Amendment rights. Some people are just coming to speak will get hit isn't that wild you have to run it through a child's lens you citizen of the world know if you run your mouth there's going to be a cop who hits you with a stick if you're lucky and it's only that but she doesn't get that like why why were those people in washington dc hit with those sticks well, first of all, the president called to, for shooting them three years ago. Remember that? He wanted to shoot them and have people kidnapped off the street. 
by this fucking Gestapo. You, you, come on, guys. Doesn't anybody see what's happening? I just say, police use them to hit people. And she said, bad guys? And I said, yeah, sometimes they hit bad guys. But other times, they hit people who are just peacefully protesting and freaking out the whole system and enterprise that rests on a goddamn butterfly wing that is going to snap at any moment and people are going to take the streets. Anyway, I made it to 40 minutes. You could say I didn't do a great job of making it to 40 minutes, but I did. I apologize for the podcast being late today. You are the real ones who listen. Um, You know, also today is uh, essentially, it's a public holiday and I believe New Year's in Ethiopia and I hope I'm not stepping in here, Eritrea. So, um, Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you. Thank you for listening. Leave a fucking review. Not a fucking If you have 10 minutes before you go back to work, would you just go to iTunes, sign in, and just find Getting My Act Together, five stars. It helps the podcast grow. And it hasn't been able to grow without your support and telling people about it. And the fact that it has, I'm grateful. So now let's just make it more of a public thing, like 15 underscore versus underscore 15. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye.